Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Elevate Coaching Podcast with myself, Laura Hayter. Today we have a very special guest joining us who brings a unique perspective that many of us may not have considered before. I'd like you all to meet Anne Harrod, who is a menstrual cycle coach with a passion for teaching women to love their cycle and live in authentic flow with it. And Harrod offers a whole new perspective on self-care and productivity, especially for us women, business owners, leaders and entrepreneurs who are often juggling multiple roles. And I'm personally really excited for this episode because as a female business owner myself, I too experience fatigue and brain fog that can accompany our cycle and sometimes, or most of the time for me anyway, it feels like I lose precious time every month. But what if we could actually work with our cycle instead of against it? So let's find out and welcome. And Harrod, I'm so excited to do this episode with you. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited. Yeah, selfish reasons. I'm like, right, I just want to pick your brain about all things menstrual cycle. <laughs> Because it's actually been something that um, I've been doing a lot of my own sort of research and, and looking into at the moment. As I, as I briefly said in that intro, like I lose up to seven days a month with my work because of my brain fog, because of my fatigue. And I just feel awful. And I know that there'll be other women listening to this who will be in exactly the same boat. Clients that I work with who are in exactly the same boat. And I really just want to master working with my cycle so that I don't have to lose seven days every month or even if I do lose those seven days or couple of days every month I know how I can manage my time more effectively throughout the rest of the month mm, sure yeah that makes absolute sense and you know what you're talking about is not uncommon um yeah I get a lot of me kind of about their their work side of their life and you know how it links with their cycle so yeah there's um there are things that we can do to kind of optimize our work at certain points of the cycle um that will kind of stand us in good stead for maybe those days where we're not feeling like 100 percent to be showing up in our businesses or our work lives yeah mm. so i think before we get into like the juicy details of everything should we just have a run through of what the menstrual cycle is? Because I'm sure there are so many myths to it. And I'm a little bit ashamed to admit this. It's only in probably like the last five years since I come off contraception that I've actually really started to understand the menstrual cycle in detail. So yeah, the floor is yours. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. Like, I hear you. There's, there's just, I was, I'm 35 now. I was only 32 when I found out about the menstrual cycle as a whole and coming off contraception myself. And yeah, it's just so, it's not spoken about. It's such a taboo and, you know, the education just isn't there um, from schools uh, to unis. And then kind of, we don't talk about it in our sort of peer groups and, and things um, and with colleagues. So yeah, it's no wonder really that we're just, you know, going around in a bit of a daze about what's actually happening to our bodies every month. Um, so to give you a little bit of information, there's there's a bit of a misconception really that's quite common that your period and your menstrual cycle are the same thing and that they're really not. Um, they're two mm -hmm. completely separate things. Your menstrual cycle is um, the kind of hormonal um, journey uh, throughout the whole of the month that your body goes through whereas your period is, is just your menstruation phase it's one phase out of four of the whole menstrual cycle um so yeah the the menstrual cycle is made up of the four phases so we've got menstruation uh, pre-ovulation ovulation and pre-menstruum and if we've got a natural menstrual cycle that being if we're not taking any hormonal contraceptives then we are going to be somewhere on that kind of um, circle throughout the whole of the month. So we're either going to be at menstruation, ovulation, or moving in between those two places. If you think of mm -hmm. menstruation and ovulation as the two poles of the cycle. So we're talking about the release of, of blood and the uterine lining at menstruation and release of an egg at ovulation. Um, and then the other two seeds... Um, phases around are like a transition so you're either building up to ovulation 
or you're building up to menstruation which is a, a nice way of thinking about it and um it can sometimes sound a little bit kind of sciencey um and a little bit kind of you know maybe a bit more like sort of yeah sciencey really is a good word to use but I like to use the framework of the seasons of the year I think it's a much nicer kind of framework mm. to play with to be able to understand and when we're also like explaining about the cycle to other people we all understand the seasons of the year we live through them um in the northern hemispheres up here and uh we, you know we can kind of get a bit of an understanding of what's going on kind of because the menstrual cycle does mirror nature nicely as well um so if we think mm-hmm. of menstruation as um in the winter um, so that's kind of winter time is when we want to be at home we're cozy we're maybe not so much about going out and seeing people and being seen in the world um and then we move into spring which is kind of when you know you always hear people say oh spring is coming and they start to get back out there it's like a a building energy like a bit of a momentum is coming back um yeah and that can be in our cycle as well so it kind of you know things are starting to blossom a little bit um and then that takes us on to summer like inner summer is ovulation phase so it's kind of the the peak of the year um full energy um yeah and that's kind of the peak of the cycle because obviously the cycle is there to create is there to create life if we you know if that's mm-hmm. where the route you're going down and you know that's when we're primed to be um well our bodies are primed to, to create uh, at that point and then yeah it's kind of like being seen in the world being a bit more sociable like in the summer when you think about it the days are longer we want to be maybe out a bit longer seeing people and doing things and then autumn uh, as pre-menstruum is akin to autumn which is when you know, we're kind of bringing ourselves back in a little bit more. Um, you know, it's getting a little bit cooler, and the days are getting a bit shorter. It's time to kind of retreat back into our little um cozy caves at home, and just you know, it's all about kind of keeping us safe in our in the autumn. Um, and we may find yeah. that we want a bit more time alone as well at this point after sort of being out and about and being seen in the season before. And then after autumn, we go straight back to winter and that takes us back into our bleed. And this, this cycle continues um, month after month. Yeah. Mm. I relate to that so much. And I feel like with my cycle, I definitely feel every part of it <laughs> quite strongly. I'm very um, attuned with my body in that sense. And yeah, that mm. week of my period is definitely like winter. I'm just like a recluse I want to spend loads of time on my own I'm not very creative I find it really hard to concentrate and I just want to be all kitschy and cozy and and homely but it's funny because I never felt those polarities while I was on contraception it was kind of like contraception was just like autopilot going through life and you didn't really have like these spikes I'm so yeah, so it's really interesting to see like what my body's actually just like naturally. Mm. And um I know that there's going to be a lot of myths and misconceptions around our period. Like I think it was only 5 years ago I realized that you can't fall pregnant every day on your period and things like that. So what are like some <laughs> common myths that you hear and can you please tell us the truth about falling pregnant? <laughs> um so with sort of fertility fertility awareness methods is kind of outside of my scope of practice but I can speak to it mm-hmm. through like a, a lens of a menstrual cycle awareness um uh, kind of background which is what I'm more and um, more into but I can definitely um give you some recommendations for some fertility awareness method teachers that could go into more of that kind yeah. of um you know the fertile window and things like that um one myth that oh th- there's always one thing that I want to tell people is not to rely on um on like cycle charting apps or cycle apps for mm-hmm. your fertile window they're absolutely brilliant for um tracking your cycle every day uh, to see what day of your cycle you're on to be able to make some notes about how you're feeling or any observations but in terms of your fertile window uh, it, it's, it's they run on algorithms so an algorithm cannot predict when your unique body is is in this fertile kind of window mm-hmm. um 
that's one thing I would definitely say um, to be just wary of is using these um, say cycle apps just to for things like, like natural cycles, right? Yeah, things yeah, like natural sure. cycles. Yeah, there's lots of, you know, different others. Kandara as well as another app. And, and some of these are, like lend themselves more to working with a fertility um, awareness teacher. Um, you can, you know, use these apps alongside these professionals who can help you um, understand mm. how to use them more and understand kind of more from a fertility kind of teacher point of view. Um, but yeah, you know, when you look at your your app and, and if it says oh you know fertile windows between um you know cycle day 14 and 16 that might be for some people but it might not be for you um so you need to be just mm -hmm. really careful still i would say unless you're working alongside a facility teacher um yeah mm -hmm. not to maybe go off on your own and use these apps for that kind of purpose um so that's always when that yeah an algorithm will not be able to tell you when your body is ovulating um so that's one kind of myth that I always like to speak to. Um, yeah, and another one, ooh, some other myths about the cycle. I say like the misconception about, you know, your period and then the rest of the time is exactly the same mm -hmm. um, in your cycle and, it, and it's really not. Um, you feel different, you really can feel different in every single week, every single day or even hour to hour. Um, and everyone's so different. And I think as well, mm -hmm. um, another thing to speak to is, you know, there are lots of books out there. There are lots of kind of teachers and educators in the menstrual cycle um, sphere, like myself and like, you know, other people who have taken, you know, the same course as me and other courses. And, you know, we're there to educate, we're there to support and to coach. But ultimately, your body knows you, you know you know your body and your body knows more than any book or any teacher can kind of um can tell you really so yeah. um i know red school um are a cycle kind of uh, they train cycle teachers and they they've got this one big red rule and that's kind of that your body trumps anything that you read in a book or that any kind of menstrual cycle educator tells you or shares with you mm so it's kind of you know we can we can share the information we can educate and but ultimately if that's not your experience that you know, that's okay and your body is is being true to you um mm -hmm. yeah remembering that as well and not, not being too disheartened if you think oh well I'm not really feeling like you know on top of the world in my summer ovulation phase when the books are telling me kind of I should be um that's yeah. that's fine if you're not you know that's a good observation to make and then you know you can work with that and, and actually you know you can look into that maybe like why is that or you know is that just more normal for you is just that how you're built yeah. and and you you know you find maybe ovulation is too much of a big energy and you know and then how can you kind of help yourself to deal with that when the time comes around every every month yeah 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 I definitely have um like a couple clients that come to mind and even friends that find ovulation quite a painful time of the month actually for them quite mm. sore boobs quite a lot of um ovulation mm. pain and cramping and um, for me I'm, I'm about to come into my ovulation so it's like the best time of the month personally for me I don't really get any of those pains but again <laughs> It's what's normal for you and your body, just because the textbook says this is what you can typically expect to experience during this time doesn't mean that's set in stone and that's absolutely what's going to happen. And I think that's what's really important about tracking your cycle. And like I advocate for all of my clients to do this because often, you know, certain parts of my cycles, particularly as I get towards my actual bleed, anxiety will start to pop up imposter syndrome self-doubt and all of these sort of negative thoughts start to creep in and it would have been really easy for me before to have just thought oh I'm just a sack of shit this is how I am why am I no good at anything and really let that take over but the beauty of tracking means that you can actually identify those patterns and it becomes so much easier to not get absorbed into those negative thoughts and then to identify yourself with them. Is that something that you see a lot in the clients that you work with? Oh, definitely. Like we're, we're so comfortable with berating ourselves and we? we're not so comfortable yeah. with kind of, you know, 
celebrating ourselves or kind of you know just speaking more kindly to ourselves um yeah and it's really interesting that you've mentioned that you've felt like that in your kind of premenstrual phase the week before you bleed because mm-hmm. and talking about like um the imposter and and things like that because there's actually um it's actually quite a and that, that's the kind of season that is most at home for things to come up so if you've got mm-hmm. any doubts or any or anything with your inner critic it's going to come up more likely in your autumn phase um your autumn phase is akin to like your like enchantress wild woman kind of no bullshit kind of uh truth speaking (laughs) kind of um, archetype and I love that that's I'm just crossing into that kind of um season now I'm just on the cusp between my ovulation and premenstruum and I can definitely feel Mm. that building inside where you just (laughs) can't hold back what you want to be saying and that's yeah. that's brilliant because you can work with that because you know um this is the week that things will come up that may make you feel uncomfortable and you know it's uncomfortable to sit with what comes up sometimes isn't it you know when you can yeah. think oh no I know I'm gonna push it away I'm gonna push it away but actually your premenstrual phase your inner autumn is a great time to sit down with your inner critic and be like okay let's have this conversation what you know what do you want to say to me and how do I want to respond to you and we've got to remember we don't have to listen to our inner critic 100 mm-hmm. percent um but my my mentor Claire Baker says there's maybe like sort of a five percent truth in what your inner critic is trying to say and yeah. is trying to kind of fish out that piece of gold um you know that that you can take forward and think oh okay maybe that's why I've been feeling you know um, really yeah. frustrated or like don't want to speak to people or that you know something's something's really bothering me it can come out in your inner autumn and you can kind of you've got the thicker skin to deal with it kind of thing um mm. and decide what to do with that bit of information um so mm. that's really um yeah it, it's a really good time and, and that is the home of the inner critic it really is in your autumn phase so that's yeah. a good time to look at you know because you can feel like you just want to burn your life down you want to kind of you know leave I don't know like leave your house like go and live in Bali for like six months or something (laughs) and just leave the you know all your life behind just like any time on my own and then yeah that can happen a lot you know it can come up a lot in your in autumn and um, (laughs) and it's you know like by tracking as well you know you you can see the patterns and like you say you, you know you can expect maybe then maybe you think oh, okay it, it, you know something might come up in my inner autumn how, how am I equipped to deal with that and mm. um I think sometimes you know having that bit of um sort of awareness in your mind that it may come up can kind of take the edge off a little bit and to you know kind of ground you into a little bit more of okay this is coming up maybe every cycle I'm not dealing with it this is something that I need to work on and and listen to my body's trying to tell me something so Mm. yeah so a lot of our listeners will probably be like business owners entrepreneurs or in leadership roles themselves um and this question I'm asking for myself as well but how can someone in that type of role or just anyone even listening I suppose this will definitely apply to but how can they make their business work with their cycle so I tend to not do any podcasts any big events the week around my premenstrual and the first few days of my bleed just because I'll end up having to cancel them (laughs) if I do book anything in. It's too much for me. So how can someone work with their cycle? Oh, it's so lovely to hear you say that. Like you've already kind of identified that, you know, it's it's too much for me. And, you know, that's that's amazing Mm -hmm. because, you know, um, know, that's what we want other women to be able to do, to be able to say either it's too much for me at this point in my cycle or actually this is the most comfortable point for me to do this kind of task in my cycle. You need to just get to know what's best for you, really. And, um, yeah, with especially when you're kind of an entrepreneur or you've got your own business or you're self-employed and you're on your own kind of timeline and your own kind of diary and clock, um, that gives so much more freedom um, mm-hmm. than kind of, you know, working for somebody else as well. So that's a real gift. Um so I, I'm the same as you, kind of in my pre-menstrual, I'm like, you know, say say no, you know, a few more times this week than, you know, and kind of keep 
keep this you know week a little bit more free because mm-hmm. the last thing you want to be doing is doing too much in your pre-menstrual and then you're like kind of just banging on the door of menstruation and you're absolutely burnt out or you're exhausted and you're not going to have the same kind of um menstruation experience where you can kind of rest and kind of recoup for the next cycle otherwise yeah so, a question for you on that then because if you so if you know that around menstruation you are going to be more fatigued you are going to be lower in energy lower mood but you in the lead up to your bleed you don't take things slower will you then mm. have potentially i know it's not going to be set in stone again but is it more likely that you're going to actually make yourself more tired for your bleed and more mm. you know more exhausted and just make that experience a little bit more challenging than if you were just taking it easy those few days before? Yeah, potentially, I think. And I can speak from my own experience mainly. And, you know, um, women that I I speak to, like you say, it's not set in stone. But if you think of, um, you know, the, the peak of the cycle is your ovulation phase. So maybe like last week you were doing, you know, all the things, seeing all the people. And then if you don't take that time in your premenstruum, the following week to to gradually kind of put the brakes on you don't have to go from you know mm-hmm. uh 10 to zero because if you do that then woof, you know it's gonna it's gonna feel quite um hard actually just like you say yeah all of a sudden you, yeah. you're gonna go from your ovulation to your bleed and you're gonna be like oh now i haven't slowed down kind of thing i, I can't catch up with myself um and then yeah it's just it doesn't kind of give you the same experience as if you were just um, take a few things off your plate on mm. on your premenstrual week if you can. We, you know where where you can. It's not. Yeah. Um, we've all got different responsibilities. It's not always possible. I know that. Um, and things do do crop up. But just think, you know, where can you spend a little bit more time, um, preparing yourself for yeah. more pleasurable bleed, really? Because yeah, I mean, and yeah. especially for those you know, who do struggle at um, menstruation with you know particularly bad cramping and and pain and you know it's um it's a lot kinder to yourself if you can just slow mm. down a little bit spend some more time with yourself and um you know take you know just deal with the absolute you know must do's and especially the few days leading up i know like from yeah. two days before i start bleeding that's me dead i need to be yeah, on my too. own i need to be <laughs> Yeah, just in my own little world, on my own timeline. And I think that's, yeah, that's something that, you know, self-employed women, you know, especially can look at doing is really look at your diary, um, you know, see what can be moved, see what you absolutely have to do. And then buffer as well. So the things that you have to do, make sure you've got buffers as well in place before and after you've done done those tasks, just to like be Mm -hmm. nice to yourself and just to treat yourself a little bit and, yeah just making it a bit more pleasurable for yourself rather than thinking oh you know I've got this um to-do list I have to get this done I've got to do everything before I start bleeding you you don't I'm sure there's some things that you can like you know um cross mm-hmm. over into your next cycle and um yeah we don't have to do everything and be everything to everybody especially the last few days of our cycle and when we're bleeding yeah yeah because I've noticed that myself like sometimes I might be my premenstrual might not actually be that intense and I'll be like do you know what I feel really great actually my energy level's good I've got really you know I've got strength in the gym I'm pushing myself really hard but then when I notice that but just before my bleed I notice that my bleed is actually a lot harder and it's like the mm. next day I might just be absolutely wiped out so I'm going through this process at the moment of actually just trying to figure out what is the sweet spot for me, how to how to manage that time efficiently. But um, with the cycle as a whole, actually, before I ask that question, there's something that I really want to say, because I think so many other women will also relate to this and you. You reminded me of it a moment ago is um, the world is created on a 24 hour clock. Right. And. Men do not go through the same hormonal fluctuations and patterns as us women. And it infuriates me so much because the world is on a 24-hour clock. And that's great for men, but it's literally not great for us women. Because if I was employed, I I promise you, if I was employed, I would be having sick days every month because of how bad my fatigue is. Like, I can't function some days. Like, I literally cannot function. (sighs) 
So I need yeah, to get that little yeah. oh, Barbie rant off my chest. <laughs> no, that speaks to me so much. And yeah, it does. It really gripes, doesn't it? It really, really gripes at you that kind of, yeah, men of you know, go through the 24-hour circadian rhythm and that's all great um, for them. But yeah, then we've got a cycle and you're like, oh, we're just, we're totally not on the same page. And, you know, um, oh my gosh. Yeah, like, it's just... And, but I kind of think as well, oh, like, I don't know if men would cope with it, you know what I mean? So I think women have, have got this monthly site. It's a gift. I see it as such a it gift. Is. And I just it think, is. how lucky are we to be able to have a whole month worth of cycle? You just have the same thing every day, day in, day out. You know, there's no kind of, um, you know, much change or variety. But, you know, we, we've got all these kind of hormonal kind of fluctuations and all these feelings and everything that we go through. I think it's much more, it's a more interesting landscape to be going through in your body every <laughs> month. But gosh, it can be challenging. Like, absolutely. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I really, like, agree with that. <laughs> yeah, you know, a lot of women talk about that, actually. And uh, I think, yeah, we, we've all got a bit of, bit of a gripe there. But, yeah. At the end of the yeah. day, I think, yeah, we're well versed, um, and I think you know we are more than capable of of, of dealing with with our kind of special little cycle of our own as well. I think it's nice yeah. that it's just for us, you know. But yeah, yeah. it's it, it does pose its challenges as well. You're right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I just needed to get that little rant off my chest before I asked what I wanted to ask <laughs> next, which was actually. Is there certain things that are better to do if we're talk- looking from like a business or self-employed view? Are there better things that you can be do or, or things that would be more suited to do at certain points in your cycle in your business? Yeah, well, for for this, I quite like to look at the creativity cycle as well um, with my work and, and business because there's um, essentially there's a time for everything in the creative cycle which marries into the menstrual cycle really nicely. So if you think in your business or your work that you've got um, some projects going on, whether mm-hmm. that be kind of writing an ebook or or you know uh, making a podcast or writing articles, anything, um, coaching, you know, teaching, all kinds of things. If you think of the creativity cycle, uh, it marries up with the menstrual cycle by there's a time for thinking and idea generating and kind of um letting ideas flow through you mm-hmm. which is kind of your inner winter so your menstruation phase um so maybe there's not a lot actually going on but you can use that time um for thinking and for kind of I like to take ideas into my bleed to bleed on it like a sleep on it like menstrual cycle mm-hmm. version so mm-hmm. I've got some ideas and I'm not quite sure what to do with them I take them into my bleed and then kind of by being a bit more still it allows my my mind the the space and time to think and for me to feel in my body whether something feels really good or not whereas I may not have that stillness and that kind of um kind of inner lens at other points of my cycle so that slows Mm -hmm. me right down to be able to dream up new ideas and kind of discern what you know what I do want to do or what I don't want to do um in my business or my work for the you know upcoming cycle so it's a good time for thinking and reflecting mm-hmm. and then um the next phase then is kind of what would be like your spring phase your pre-ovulatory phase where you're kind of you're building a momentum you're planning and organizing in the creative cycle um so say if you're doing like a creating an online course maybe you've had the idea for it in the in the menstruation phase and then come your pre-ovulatory phase you're you're putting things into plan so you're maybe um like mapping out what that course structure might look like um you know the content you might be mapping out mm-hmm. um and then in your kind of summer phase your um ovulation phase that's when you kind of would be in a creation mode or over a couple of cycles you might be in creation mode and eventually kind of you know birthing that project out into the world um you know to let it be seen by other people you know because if you've been kind of nurturing it in your winter and spring phases over the last few cycles you know but nobody else has seen it yet um a good time to release something is is during your inner summer phase where you've got the resilience to kind of and the Mm. confidence to kind of be like okay I've made this thing you know here it is and and you can maybe be a bit more resilient to see what other people think about it rather than 
releasing something in a more vulnerable stage of your um, cycle, say in your spring, when things are still just you know blossoming yeah. um, and coming together, when everything's ready in your um, summer phase and you're ready to share with the world in the creative cycle, then that's when you can, um, you know, make yourself more seen. You can release that course, um, and then in your inner autumn, in your premenstrum, it's a really good time then for editing in the cre- like the creative cycle, um, okay. just editing and refining stage. So this doesn't have all have to happen over one cycle. I created a course last summer over like two or three cycles, um, yeah. and I just kept moving through this, you know, creative cycle alongside the menstrual cycle. And uh, and that's how I kind of you know birth that um, creation, and then kind of yeah in the autumn you can go back, you can you know you might be wanting to change some copy, or you might want to re-record some audio or something, um, or you might think okay well if I did another round of this course you know what would I do differently? It's just you know because of the truth telling in the autumn mm-hmm. phase, it's a really good time to get honest with about what worked, what didn't work with the actual end product and with the process that you went through as well. So I find that really helpful um, with business and, you know, creating offerings that if I work with my cycle and the creativity cycle together, mm. um, that can really help. Yeah. Mm, very, very mm. interesting. Yeah, I'm learning a lot from you today as well, which I'm loving. <laughs> But if we've got someone who's listening and this is like completely new to them and they're thinking, where the hell do I start? Where do they start with all of this? Mm, sure. Because it's a lot, right? It can be, it's, it's, it's a lot, but it, it doesn't have to be difficult. It's not difficult. Um, so the mm-hmm. place to start is the awareness piece, uh, which is actually working out which day of your cycle that you're on today and it's really easy to do um so to work out what cycle day you're on today you think back to the first day of your last bleed and Mm -hmm. that is your cycle day so when i say your last bleed, we're talking full flow not just kind of a bit of spotting um you know that can happen before um yeah so back uh first day of your last bleed is day one and then you count forward from there until you get mm-hmm. to today. Um, so I'm on cycle day 21 today, which means that um, I started bleeding sort of, you know, 21 days ago. Uh, that was the first day of my my cycle for this month. And then I've counted forward and I'm on day 21 today. Um, mm-hmm. And it's interesting because the, the first day um, of your cycle is actually, it, like it's the last day of your past cycle and the first day of your current cycle. Um, so yeah, whether you have like a 25 day cycle, 28, 30 day cycle, um, whenever you start that full flow blood, um, is when you, you change that to day one then. Yeah. So say you've woken mm. up and you're like, oh, I'm cycle day 30 today. And then maybe by 11 o'clock you start bleeding. And if it's the full flow, um, Got you. you know, then you can say, all oh, right, I'm cycle day one today now, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Do you know what's really weird? It just reminded me, I noticed that whenever I bleed it's always first thing in the morning like I wake and then there's my full-on bleed is that quite normal just to like as soon as I open my eyes I'm like it's really nice because I'm like oh I know where I'm at for that whole day I don't have to worry (laughs) all day exactly no it's good and and it can change I mean I used to be like that and and now I get a lot more spot in a few days before um so you know I can change but that's an observation in itself you know that's part of menstrual cycle away is is getting to know these you know and there's nothing Mm -hmm. wrong with that you know it's absolutely fine and um you know your cycle days you know maybe will change over time um but yeah it's it's always nice when it does come in the morning I find because you think right okay I've got the day but um yeah but even so if you if you start bleeding in the evening or anything you know as long as it's not the spotting and it's full flow you can count it as um day one if you want to or what a lot of women I work with like to do is kind of um count the next day as day one because they feel that they like that full day um, okay. of kind of feeling like they're in day one so sometimes you're on like day one and a half or something but no you know use your own whatever feels good for you you know you're around about you know, um mm-hmm. day one especially if you like 
start bleeding later in the day you know there's absolutely nothing wrong with crossing it over to the next day as well because you do feel like day one the next day quite a lot of the time um, mm. and you can do anyway you know, I can still feel like a day one rather than a day two um so yeah you can you can discern for yourself what you're mm. you feel comfortable with yeah mm. yeah and, what... and then once you've worked out yourself sorry carry on no no go on no you go say, ahead I was going to say, once you've worked out your cycle day when, um, that's when you can start to track and, and, and chart your cycle then. Um, so once you know what day that you're on, um, you can chart your cycle. And charting it is um, just making observations and being aware, checking in with yourself how you feel on any given day. So I like to use pen and paper method because I'm quite old school like that. I love to write so you know I love pen and paper and all I do in my um, journal is I'll put the cycle day at the top of the page next to the date maybe I'll put the lunar cycle as well if I'm feeling like I want to be tracking that just to see if there's any kind of um, links there and yeah. um, and then I like to use four bodies for a check-in so how do I feel physically mentally emotionally and spiritually that day um, mm -hmm. and it, it just needs to be a or a couple of words um you know just to ask yourself okay how am I feeling and what do I need today it's as simple as that it can take two minutes it can take as long or as short as you want it to if you just want to write a few words that's fine if you want to write a journal a couple of pages on it that's fine you can use the cycle tracking apps I talked about before they are great for you know making notes in you know for your cycle day and you know your couple of words um so like today you know I'm cycle day 21 physically I feel a little bit more heavy um than what I have mm -hmm. done my body feels heavier mentally um I feel quite motivated emotionally I'm a bit more sensitive today and spiritually um I feel quite grounded this can be as simple as that and you can say it out loud, you can record it into a notes app for yourself, you can write it down yeah. and then as if you do that every day, it doesn't matter what time you do it every day but as long as you do it every day, then after about two or three cycles um, you can begin to see those patterns emerging mm -hmm. and that's then when you can start to work with your cycle and optimise um, and kind of care for your kind of mm. um, strengths and as well yeah so how would how would the pro what would the process look like if someone was going to work with you like a, as a like a one-to-one -one coaching with yourself oh I think I've lost you I heard you up until the word process.
no idea what happened there. Connection to me. <laughs> but you're back and I can I can edit this so it's all smooth, don't worry. Okay. But um You haven't lost then. Okay. No, no, it's all still recorded, don't worry. So I heard until you said process and then it was just froze. Yeah. Yeah. So what is that like coaching process? What does that coaching process look like for anyone that's interested in working with you? Like, how do you work with your clients? Sure. So I lean on my menstrual cycle um, in the way that I work. So I see um, clients every other week normally mm-hmm. um, because I like to see them in different um, phases of their cycle. So um, if I see a client every other week, that means that, you know, they're going to be in a different phase than the last time that I saw them, um, which is great. And then, um, yes, and I use my kind of cycle to book in, um, you know, um, coaching sessions and things like that. So I tend not to coach on the first um, maybe three or four days of my cycle. Um, So when I'm bleeding, days one to four are for me um with no coaching it doesn't mean I don't do any other work but yeah, yeah for for coaching I tend to keep that more for um as I'm coming out of my menstruation phase um and then yeah into my spring or summer that's fine and um the last few days as well so yeah from about two days before I'm due to start bleeding until mm-hmm. you know a good three or four days in yeah um but yeah the we start with um I always have like a little um like a cup of tea and a chat um online or in person if if my client's local to me um just to see kind of how we um you know connect with each other it's really important that we connect as a a, on a client and coach relationship basis Mm -hmm. as well so Mm -hmm. um yeah, I like to kind of meet somebody, we have a chat, I'll talk them through, um, you know, what kind of menstrual cycle coaching is, you know, because it's a, quite a, a new kind of concept as well. So maybe not everybody's fully familiar, just so, you know, um, allow any potential clients to ask any questions that they have, um, just so everybody knows kind of, you know, what cycle coaching is, what my parameters are, um, like I say, you know, what kind of, I work in the realms of menstrual cycle awareness, so... Um, mm-hmm. You know, I wouldn't work with anybody who was specifically looking for, say, fertility support yeah. or anything because that's out of my scope of practice kind of thing. Um, and just making it clear that, you know, I'm not there to diagnose anything. Um, you know, I'm not a doctor, but, you know, I'm there for support and, and coaching and uh, and educating as well, that kind of scope. Mm. Um, yeah. And then we kind of you know decide whether we're happy to work together. And then say we meet up every kind of two weeks. Uh, with email and Voxer support from myself in between sessions as well um, yeah and we tend to work together either I do single sessions so with a single session because I appreciate not everybody wants to um, have a you know, three month kind of program and mm-hmm. um, that's when we would kind of get together beforehand there would be like a questionnaire about what the client would want to speak about in that session so that when we meet it's it's 90 minutes and we're kind of straight in there um you know dealing with what the client wants to speak about that day in a single session yeah that's that's done in a single session and they've got some takeaway tips and resources to take with them you know moving up to the call um, but if you're to work with me a little bit longer term obviously we can go a lot deeper mm-hmm. um, so I do offer three month sessions with you know if you want to extend that's absolutely fine um and yeah we work through then um those sessions we look at things like um how to chat we look at um menstrual kind of joys and shadows so i was talking before about the strengths and vulnerabilities of your cycle mm-hmm. that's where kind of the joys and shadows of your cycle come in um so you know how to identify them how to work with them um self-care we talk about self-care in the cycle we talk about creativity in the cycle and that's where kind of their work life comes into it as well and their hobbies and play because we forget to play as we get older there's absolutely a place for self-expression and play in the cycle so we learn you know kind of you know where you can optimize that um Mm -hmm. and yeah anywhere you know anywhere else the client wants to go really that's within my kind of scope of practice um and the final session is like a celebration session so we bring everything together 
um, you know, and, you know, we can reflect together, celebrate the client and kind of, you know, give you some tools to keep moving forward with it if that's what you wanted. So, um, mm. yeah, it's, it's um, I love, I love working one-to-one -one, um, with clients, but I also do love working with, with groups as well. So, um, yeah, kind of workshops are always fun to do as well. Mm, yeah, I love all of that. So I wanted to find out from you today as well, what role nutrition plays in our menstrual cycle, if any? Mm. It, I'm not a nutritionist and I'm not, you know, I don't have any um, health coaching, you know, qualifications or anything. So I, I speak to this question from my own personal mm -hmm. experience and, and what I've learned from my kind of teachers during my cycle coaching course as well because we did touch on um uh, claire baker who ran the course called it the five pillars of health and she talked about um kind of nutrition hydration sleep um mm -hmm. stress and movement um so yeah those we did look at those and i think that's a really nice kind of way of looking at you um you know your whole body health and and nutrition mm -hmm. some of the things that I kind of took from that was during your period is to be eating like really like warm foods um or at least kind of room temperature so no cold kind of um drinks or, or foods because it can um slow down your blood flow so we want to just keep that blood flow going really nicely yeah, um during our so yeah like really nourishing really warming foods obviously if it's the summer and it's boiling you know you don't okay you don't want to be sat there with like you know a warming casserole or something but mm -hmm. just go for like uh, temperature then rather than kind of you know an iced smoothies or you know um those kind of things um to maybe mm -hmm. lay off those and also um getting plenty of kind of iron rich foods as well mm -hmm. i think and um so I always like I'm a meat eater so I like to always have some like steak or red meat and, and lots of veg just to and that's the point of my yeah. cycle where I will treat myself to a nice piece of steak or something um and yeah. then at the point of the cycle is you know you can um I feel like in my spring phase after I've bled that I maybe want more like lighter foods and a bit more refreshing a bit more um, like what you would eat in the spring and summer again is marrying back to the seasons of the year think about what we eat in each kind of season and what's in season mm -hmm. to eat as well I think that's really important trying to eat as seasonally as we can um, so I do get a veg box delivered every week from a um, yeah from a local grocer and that's I just that. that's changed a lot you know in terms of what I decide to eat yeah it's, it's really kind of leading me in um, mm -hmm. my nutrition you know to do it cycle of the year and my menstrual cycle as well um and then I, I love in my autumn phase as well my premenstruum is I can find my blood sugar can be a little bit kind of up and down so it's trying to mm -hmm. just keep blood sugar a bit more steady especially when those cravings like you know um can kind of crop up yeah um so I tend to you know try and I've got into now um eating just dark chocolate kind of um yeah, there's a really too. nice one it's like 74 percent <laughs> Just, yeah and now I just can't I never thought I'd be able to just eat that and now when I go and eat like a generic bar from you know I can't eat it because it's too sweet and and you know it, it is um you know you can change your tastes can't you and you know yeah. your palate does change you know but um yeah and having sweet foods like dates and sweet potato that kind of thing so you're still getting like a sweet hit but you're getting a bit of like nutrition and goodness in you as well um, rather than just grabbing for you know anything and everything um, yeah. just being a bit more mindful I think yeah about what what you're eating and because as well that can help I think I think if you eat well in each phase of your cycle it complements the next phase of your cycle kind of thing mm -hmm. um, so I think you know I think I don't drink caffeine um, or alcohol from my pre-menstrual stage you know right through and you know until after I finish bleeding because again I found you know my period pain is pretty much gone you know there's much less cramping um and I think it's to do with not giving the liver too much to do in that premenstrual phase it's already working so hard mm. gearing up for, for releasing at menstruation so kind of just being you know mindful about you know reducing or or cutting out alcohol and 
and caffeine that can really help as well in mm. you know the, the phase can maybe help your symptoms a little bit and, and help premenstrual symptoms as well because maybe you know you're keeping a bit more of a balance in body mm. Mm. Oh, I love all of those tips and I've loved having you on today I found it super super insightful and I hope you know everyone that's listening has also had a pen and paper or will come back and re-listen and jot some points down that they can start implementing off the back mm. of this but before we sort of round things mm. off Anne Harrod um where can like people find you have you got any resources anything coming up that people can make use of or get in touch with you Sure, yeah. So um, I've got my website, um, angharajames.com, and on there I've got um, a course. Um, it's about the cycle seasons. Um, so that talks a bit more about the framework I was talking about earlier um, of the seasons of the year, marrying mm -hmm. up with the menstrual cycle. Um, so that's available as an, as an evergreen course. Um, so that is on there and there's also a, a workshop about charting your cycle so maybe that's a good place to start with the charting and then moving on to the the seasons um, course as well um, I'm also on Instagram at Angharo James Coaching so there's um, I tend with my Instagram I tend to try and share my life and my experiences you know as somebody with a menstrual cycle so maybe mm -hmm. I'm not um I don't share as much education or teaching or coaching on there but I'm trying to show people what life is like through the lens of living in in kind of congruence with your menstrual cycle mm -hmm. um but then for more education and coaching my website is the place to go um yeah and then have um a retreat day coming up in Carmarthen um in amazing. november um yeah there's some amazing um sort of holistic practitioners we're, we're getting together um to host uh, like a, a bit of a half day retreat um so there will be more information coming out about that really soon on instagram um so that's something to look out for yeah so that's what i've got going on at the moment i'm going to be taking Excellent. on some extra um coaching clients as well over the autumn um, and creating um, a little ebook as well to share around kind of how to have uh, your best ever period. So there's lots brewing because um, I love using the autumn of the year to um, to create and, and for writing and I just get really in mm -hmm. my zone there. So um, plenty brewing yeah, in the cauldron. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I hope everyone goes over and, and make sure they give you a follow, make sure they subscribe to you know, all of your bits and pieces that you've got because tapping into the seasons of my body and being attuned to my flow has really changed everything for me. I'm, you know, business-wise, personally, it's really just transformed my whole outlook on everything and my understanding of myself. So I have no doubt that your tools and resources are going to help people also get to that point. And again, just want to say thank you so much for joining us today. It's been an absolute pleasure. And if oh. anyone listening has got any feedback, any questions, please do send either of us or both of us a message. We would absolutely love to hear from you. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Laura. Yeah.